Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I want you to notice with me in the writing of John chapter 20, I'm going to read 27 through 29. Follow me as I read. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Reach it and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Then 28, and Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this particular topic. Another chance to believe. Another chance to believe. As we continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we embrace opportunities to experience his saving power in practical ways. We we embrace, we welcome, we accept, and we support opportunities to experience his saving power in practical ways, his saving power, his delivering power, his protection, and his prosperity in practical ways. We are blessed to see God working in our lives, and it's a blessing to know that God is working in your lives. And let me say this to you, as I look around the sanctuary, I see God working in your life as well. I see God working in your life as well. Well, Pastor, I don't, I, I don't quite see it, but let me promise you, I, I, let me assure you that God is working in your life right now. Now, you ought to say amen right there. How many know it's a blessing to have God working in your life right now? We, before we go further, we need to establish that right now. It is a blessing to have God working in your life. It's a blessing to have God move upon your prayers. It's a blessing to have God moving upon when you give. It's a blessing to know that when you move, God got divine angels all around you for t- and is keeping you in all your way. It's a blessing to know when you go into the store, you're not depending on hand sanitizers, but to protect you. You got to depend on God to protect you. You're not dependent upon a mask that may be good or no good, but you're dependent on God to protect you from every un- 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 thing we can see and things we cannot see. It's good to know God is in our lives and that he's moving mightily and his presence is real. That's why prayer is such a power. It's one of those ways that we see God moving in the lives of his believers. Prayer empowers us to recognize the presence of God in our lives and in the lives of others. Now, let's look at uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. One of the things that prayer does, Jesus was a great example of a praying person. Jesus, to me, is the ultimate one when it came to prayer. What I find interesting about Jesus, and most of you already know this, but I, I, I say it again, is that Jesus prayed when he really didn't have to. You know that he was doing that for our example. He said, you know what, I got to show my people how to pray. 
I need to show them how to pray when things are going well and when things are being challenged. I need to show them how to pray when there's pressure on you and when there's no pressure on you. I need to show my people how to have a two-way conversation with God because that is so important It's in this hour and every hour that we live in. So Luke chapter 6 verse 12 reads as follows. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. Interesting, he went out to the mountain to pray, and the Bible says that he continued all night in prayer to God. It's indicating he started out maybe before night, but he ended up praying all night to God. And when he did this, and I'm read verse 13, and when he was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from then he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. Now, prayer in this particular text means a solemn request or or a a request made to God. It is a two-way conversation with God. It's a petition made. It is an earnest request. And he continued all night long. One of the things I, I gather from this is that when you're, the more important the decision is, the more time you need to spend in prayer. The more important the decision is, the more time you need to spend in prayer. If you're going to spend a lot of money, you better pray about it first. If you're going to do something that is very, the doctor said you ain't got but this long, but you need to pray about it before you make a decision. Person said, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. The more important the decision, the more time you need to spend in prayer. Ain't no such thing as last minute when it comes to God. Because God can take a last minute and make it a, a lifetime while y'all follow me here. Because that's who God is. That's who God is. So it's a solemn request. It's a petition made. It's an earnest request. It is a two-way conversation with God. And sometimes we spend so much time talking to God that we don't spend any time listening to God. Let me say that again. We spend so much time making our requests to God that we don't listen back to what God has to say to us. And what he has to say back to us is just as important, in fact, more important than our, and what we send it up to God. Because what God gives you is going to change your life and make things better. It's going to bring deliverance in your life. It's going to bring healing. It's going to protect you. It's going to bring you out of darkness to this marvelous life. It's going to help you. Let me tell you something. When you do it the way God tells you to do it, it'll save you a whole lot of trouble in the long run. It'll save you a whole lot of trouble in the long run. It may not be, you may not seem like it's the best decision, but you got to trust God in the process. So in verse 13, he says this, and when it was day, he called disciples to himself, and from there, from them, he chose, he selected, he picked out, he judged fit to receive his favors and to be separated from the rest of mankind, to be attentive continually to his gracious oversight. That's a mighty selection, ain't it? He selected. He chose. He, he called these 12 whom he also named apostles. And in verse 14, Simon, whose name is Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew. Matt, verse 15, Matthew and Thomas. This same Thomas that Jesus is having a conversation with over in John chapter 20, this is the same one that was called after Jesus spent all night long in prayer. Woo-wee. Well, I'm telling you, even Jesus, well, I'll get into that in a moment. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the zealot. 
To be chosen by God is to be celebrated and appreciated despite what the enemy, our flesh, and the world may try to convince us. Thomas was one of the 12 disciples. Jesus also named apostles from Luke chapter 6 and verse 13. A disciple is a learner. He is a follower. He is a pupil of Jesus. But But Jesus also called him an apostle, a messenger, an ambassador of the gospel, one who is sent. And after Jesus prayed, he trusted the process of putting the word into action. Because you understand when Jesus prayed and he made the selection, he didn't even change his mind after things went wrong. He didn't change his mind when Thomas started to believe, did not believe. He didn't change his mind when Peter started doing the things that he did. He didn't change his mind when the disciples started doing things that were not in line with what we would call an apostle. He didn't change his mind. Why? Because he had spent time in prayer and he trusted the process. What we have to learn to do is when we pray, we got to trust God in the process. Oh, you, you understand something? Even when Jesus prayed and the, we went to the cross, he prayed and he, he prayed so much that the Bible said he had great drops of blood coming from his body. He prayed to the point, but when it all said and done, he said, not my will, but your will be done. So you got to trust God in the process. When you pray and you're praying according to the will of God, you got to trust God with what you see. Even though you may have to go to a cross and sacrifice and to do things that you may not want to do, you still got to trust God in the process. Even though they may crucify you and, and, and put nails in your hand and put nails in your feet, they crucify you with they tongue. They crucify you with lies on you. They crucify you with doing you wrong. You still got to trust God with the process. Because the process is what's going to make you rise again three days later with all power in it. Oh, y'all missed that. You're going to rise from that situation. You're going to rise from what they talked about you. You're going to rise from what they did you wrong. You're going to rise, amen, when you're going through this financial trial. You're going to rise from it because there's power in the process. God knows what he's doing when he, when he prayed all night long. Now, I, I find it interesting that Thomas was not chosen to be just a follower, but he was also selected in favor to carry the message of the good news of the gospel. I believe that to be tr- that to be true today, that we are called as disciples to follow the teachings of Jesus, to follow the omniscient God, to follow the all-knowing God. But we are called to carry the message of Christ, some of us in the public arena and some of us in the private arena. Some of us are going to be share the Christ from the poor bed and some of us going to share from the pew. Nonetheless, I believe that we as disciples are called to follow his teachings and not only this, to share his teachings as well. To share his teachings as well. I leave it because Jesus invests in, in praying prior to choosing Thomas and the rest of the disciples. He was committed to completing the work in Thomas despite Thomas' moment of unbelief. See, Jesus did not give up on Thomas so easily. And I, 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 it's good news for me because I know he doesn't give up on us easily. He don't get, he didn't give up on Thomas easily. I don't believe he'll give up on us easily. Go with me to the book of uh, Philippians chapter one and verse six. Philippians chapter one and verse six. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
See, being confident of this very thing, that he has began what the Bible calls a good work, a beneficial work, a useful work. And a work is an undertaking, a labor, an accomplishing. He's going to accomplish something in our lives. In us, we'll complete it. He's going to finish it. He's going to perform it. He's going to perfect it. He's going to bring it to an end. He's going to accomplish it. I like what Paul said when he was left. Listen, I have finished my course. I have finished my course. I believe there's some people in this sanctuary. You're going to be like Paul. You may not have the same course Paul had, but you're going to finish your course. You're going to finish the race. Why? Because God is working in you. He is He's completing some things in you. He is working some things out of you as well as in you. He is calling you to be something that you were not before. He's causing you to reach your destiny and your purpose in him. But he's working in you. Somebody point to yourself and say, he's working in me. Ooh-wee. Boy, it's good to know God's working in me. Oh, I, I, I know you want, might have want your, your best for me, but I'm glad knows what he has for me. And he has the best in mind for me. He knows what's good for me. He knows what's beneficial to me. He knows, amen, that I, what I need in order to fulfill my purpose and my calling in my life. He knows and he's working in me. Now, just like, just like this, just like what we read in Thomas, Thomas had the promise of work in his life. What God started in him was a work in progress. And he was faithful to, you know, God's faithful to complete the work he started in Thomas, just like he's faithful to complete the work he started in you. Well, Pastor, he started me a long time ago. I got off track. You know what? Before he chose you, he knew he would get off track. Somebody should have said amen right now. You know, before he chose Peter, Peter, he knew Peter would cut somebody out before he chose him. And before he chose Thomas, he knew Thomas would go to a moment of unbelief. Before he chose you, he knew you would, oh, think about it for a moment. Before he chose Abraham, he knew Abraham would mess up. Before he chose all the ones he chose in the Bible, he knew they would mess up. And you know what I love about God? He figured, he factored in the mess up. In what he was doing, what you were doing in your life. I thank God he factored it in. He said, you know what? They're going to mess up on. And when he mess up, they're going to repent. It might take up a little time. Holy Spirit might got to deal with them a little bit. But they're going to repent. They're going to go back and apologize to that sister and that brother. They're going to go back and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong. I know it took me about a week to get over him. But I just, I didn't want to admit I was wrong. Oh, he knew that we would go through some changes in our lives. He knew we had to go back and, and go back to that person that we told off at the job. And go back and tell, hey, you know, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Even I don't, Yeah, you, yeah, you you want to tell them two or three more things, but God said, no, you keep your mouth shut. Because some of us don't depend on God to, to do the vengeance. We want to do the vengeance. You know, one thing God was showing me, I'm not going to talk, I'll give you just a little, little sneak peek in what some God was showing me. He said, you know what? A lot of people are not trusting that I will do the vengeance in the time we live in. They want to do it themselves. I said, God, I can't get caught up with that. He said, no, you can't get caught up in that because you might try to get vengeance on the wrong person. I said, what do you mean, huh? He said, listen, you think all the people that persecuted Paul didn't want to get Paul, when Paul was killing Christians, didn't want to get Paul back? But imagine if they would have got Paul back. These two-thirds of the New Testament would not have been in existence today. I said, God, you, I got to keep my mouth shut because I never know who, who I'm about to put my mouth on. All they got to do is repent, and they go from killing Christians to writing two-thirds of the New Testament. 
God. I said, God, I got to trust you. And see, God knows we'll mess up sometimes. And we'll say things we shouldn't say about people that we really don't know nothing about. That's what God says. You know what? I got to I got to work on. I got to work on Dobbs. I got to work on Dobbs the way he think, the way he talk, and the way he act. I got to work on him. There's a work going on in us right now. I'm talking about this day at 1052 on a Sunday morning. There is a work going on on the inside of all of us. Some of us, God, got, God has saying, you know what? You got to get that right with your spouse. Some of us saying, got to get that right with your children. Some of us, God is saying, you got to get that right with your business. Some of us saying, God, you got to get that right with whoever God is dealing with you about. Pray for those that despitefully use you. God is saying, we got to get that thing right. Yeah, I know it ain't easy because you know you were right when you said what you said and did what you did. But sometimes God will take what you said and use and turn it around for his good. Because mm, he's, work, he's working on you. He's working on you. He's working on you. Ooh, how many can make God working on you right now? You ain't got to look for no Bible character. You can look at yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. Times we have to remind ourselves and others that God started the work and he has made a promise to complete the work in me regardless of what it looks like, feels like, or sounds like. One fact all of us must know, he factors in our mistakes with the work. You know, when God started to work in me, he factored in my mistakes with the work. Let me say this to you. I need to move on from this point. But let me say this to you. When you mess up, don't run from God, run to God. Because God knew you would mess up before you even messed up. You know that, right? Don't never I say, well, I, can't, I messed up. I, I can't go back to the church. I can't go back to prayer. I can't go back to uh, devotion time. Now, God knew you would mess up before you did it. He just said, come back to me. To come back to me. Yeah, I know you got mad at the store and you said some words you ain't used in years. But come back to me. Oh, I know you laid hands on them. I ain't talking about the lay hands with the oil in Jesus' name. Somebody, you laid natural hands on them with the intent to bring harm. But God said, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. Oh, Peter cut a man's ear off. And, and it fell down. And Jesus picked it up and put it back on the man. <laughs> Woo, like nothing had happened. I'm telling you, you think God did not know that was going to happen before Peter cut his man's ear off? Peter, Jesus could have stopped Peter, but he chose not to. He chose not to. You don't think when you mess up, God's sitting around, oh, I can't believe Dobbs messed up again. Oh, he's like, Psh, there you go again. That's why I got the blood shed back on Calvary. That's why he got First John 1 and 9, faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's why I shed my blood for people just like him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's go back. Let me say this to you. Thomas, he was chose from the beginning. He had been with Jesus a long time. He had been with him since he chose him. Thomas had seen Jesus before miracle after miracle. He had seen him uh, uh, give parables that later on it was explained to him in private settings. He watched Jesus five feet five thousand. He he watched him heal all various type of diseases. And, and this is what you need to understand as well. There's some things that the Bible says not even written in the book that Thomas probably seen that we did not even, we don't even know about. Thomas seen these things. And I believe that Thomas, he was loyal and committed to him. In fact, John 11 and 16 says he was so loyal, he was ready to die for Jesus. 
Go to John 11 and 16. John chapter 11, verse 16. He's ready to die for Those words. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us, let us also go that we may die with him. That death is a natural death. He's, Thomas was on fire. Let's go. I'm ready to die with Jesus. I'm ready to be. I'm going to listen. I am so committed to him. I'm ready to die for him. I'm ready to die for him. Thomas is a reminder to me as well as others that our faith can go through changes based on the pressures of life, based on our own expectations, whether they're in the will or outside of the will. We can go through changes because that same Thomas who was willing to die for him has all of a sudden, and he's seen Jesus before miracle after miracle. One time they wanted to harm Jesus, and Jesus had him. Let's say this is them. They get ready to harm him, and Jesus had him. They couldn't even move. He just walked right by. Jesus, Thomas, he saw all that. He saw when the lame man, he saw when the man who had couldn't see, he told him to spit down and take that spittle and rub it on your eyes. That man could see. He saw when the woman had the issue of blood and Jesus healed him. He saw when people, listen, he saw everything that we read about in scripture. And then the one he saw, the one he believed in, died. He died. Now, we're going to say something. You, he knew because he, God saying something. When you see Jesus do all the things he did, you know Jesus could have stopped it at any moment. He could have said, oh, listen, you ain't going to finna hit me no more. I made you. Who, you. who you think you are? This tree, I grew this tree up right here. And you, I'm gonna, you going to strike me with 40 stripes? You going to put a crown of thorn in my head? I can stop you anytime I want to, Thomas. Dude. But yeah, he, Thomas saw him, the Jesus whom he loved, the Jesus who he saw cast out demons. I mean, not just one demon, but thousands of demons. The one he saw, amen, he saw do miracle after miracle, sit back and let some individuals crucify him. Crucify him. He saw all of that. He saw, G- I mean, I mean he, I'm thinking in his mind, I know Jesus going to break loose now. I know Jesus going to stop all this right now. Okay, it's almost over. I know Jesus going to raise up from this cross right now. I know, I, 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 I know. Why is he not doing it? Why is he not? He, he could, he could stop these little mortal men from harming him. He could stop these individuals who cruise, who telling lies. He could stop them from lying. Why don't he say something? Because he could say something and probably just do away with all. He can find witness because he got plenty of witnesses. The woman with the issue of blood. The woman who he healed. The woman who he died. People all over that he did things for. Why would he use some of them sayings that he did that confused the scribes and the Pharisees? Why would he use some of that to stop what's going on over here? But he chose not to. That Thomas looking at all of this and said, I know. And now Jesus has let these people kill him. 
crucify him. Not just any type of crucifixion. They, they beat him so much. The Bible said you couldn't even recognize his face. They beat him to the point that he, the Bible says he will bruise him for our iniquities. They whipped him with a cat in my tail. Listen, every time they hit him, it will take parts of his skin and rip it out each time. He watched all of that. He watched it all. And now that Jesus has allowed them to put him on a cross between two thieves. He's having a conversation with some thieves. Why won't he do something? Why won't he say something? Why won't he use his power to get out of this situation? And now they're saying because Jesus has died, he has uh, been put in a tomb, he has been buried, and now they got they want to persecute everybody who is a follower of Jesus. They want to persecute him. That's why you find the disciples locked up in a room in fear. They say, oh, if I be seen with Jesus, I'm going to die. Because if they kill Jesus, what are they going to do with me? I, I, I gave up my family to follow Jesus. I gave up my business to follow Jesus. I gave it all up. Because I thought he was going to, as they said, reign the way I thought he should reign. Now, I, I'm going to let that marinate for a minute. Because I got some more for that later on, okay? But anyway. He, they thought he, he was going to do it the way he thought it should be done. But Jesus had a better plan in mind. And so now, Jesus, so they locked up in the room. And they locked up in the room. Jesus had came and visited them because Thomas wasn't there. I guess he was hiding. He wasn't there. So they came, Jesus came to visit him, and visit the disciples. And, and, and the disciples came and, and, and they saw Jesus. And, and he saw two things. They saw the side and they saw the nail prints. And the disciples said, all right, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. I believe. So Jesus left the room. He gone. We don't know how much time has passed away, but we do know this. Thomas shows up a little bit later. Jesus has gone. He, the disciples tell, tell him. In John 20 and 25, we have seen the Lord. Now, these are the same disciples he'd been working with for approximately over three years. He knew these disciples. He knew. Now, I know if John said he saw, I know John ain't lying. But Matthew backing it up? Oh, I know Matthew ain't lying. All these disciples in here? And they backing up with Jesus. They saw Jesus. But Thomas busting that time about, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger to the point of the nails and put my hand to his side, I will not believe. Now, before you start pointing fingers at Thomas, how many of us have heard the word in week in and week out and made the decision not to believe? How many of us have heard, better is here, better is coming, but that's for somebody else. How many of us have heard, bigger is here, bigger is coming, and said, that's for somebody else. 
How many of us have heard Jesus proclamate over this pulpit, God got your best in store for you. 2020 ain't over yet. God still got blessing. He's going to put on his people in 2020. Do you believe it? Are you going to be like Thomas? Unless I see, unless I can feel the blessing, I'm not going to believe it. I'm telling you right now, 2020 ain't over with y'all. Y'all missed that day. They may not even come up with a, with a care until 2021. Now what you gonna do? You gonna, you gonna be all scared in 2020? And I believe God. No! God is still on the throne. God is still high and lifted up. He's still blessing his children. I believe he's gonna keep on blessing. These last three months, you can look for God to do something great in the lives of his people. Houses you didn't build, lands you didn't even uh, work on, but God got something for his people. Somebody say, God got something for me. God got something for me. Yeah, he got a bonus for me. Yeah, he got a raise for me. Yeah, he got promotion for me. Yeah, he going to get me out of debt. Yeah, he going to heal my body. Yeah, he going to deliver me. God is doing exceedingly, abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I'm not sure why Thomas went from one extreme to the other extreme. I do believe the same thing happens to us today. Our faith can go through a crisis mode depending on what we're, where we are in God and the intensity of the trial or the tribulation we might be dealing with. That's why the word sheds light on how we should view those tough moments in life. We should somewhat expect trials to eventually knock on our doors. That's why Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Let's go there. 1 Peter 4. 12 and 13. First Peter. 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. So don't think it's strange. Don't be shocked. Don't be astonished concerning the fiery trial that is going to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Peter tells us not to be shocked. When our faith is put on trial, we may be tempted to judge Thomas, but understand we will face a time where our senses may get the best of us. Woo! Can I admit, can you get past I'm going to admit mine right there so nobody can look at me and say, well, Pastor, have you ever let your senses get the best of you? Yes. More than one time? Yes. In 2020? Yes. I have did it all, y'all. That's why I can tell you from this, don't make my mistakes. Do what God tells you to do. Listen, if you don't see it, believe God still. Believe God still. Believe what he said in, in, at the beginning. Thomas, blessed of those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, trials and tribulations have a way of revealing what's in us at the moment. It lets us know we're making decisions. Are we making decisions make on God's word? Are we basing on what we see? Hear and feel. That's why First Peter 4 and 13 reads as follows. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Rejoice. Be glad. Thrive. That God is going to do something great in your life. It seemed like Thomas had some issues because he was dealing with some things. Disciples telling him the resurrected power of Jesus was working. They had witnessed his power, and Thomas did not believe them. 
Time to respond to that moment in time like some of our response when we hear the word in faith and they can transform our lives, but instead our senses hinder us from stepping out and immediately putting that word into action. You know, one of my favorite senses, I know we got hearing and touch and so forth, but one of my favorite senses is this, the sense of that we got to figure it out before we do it. That's that sixth sense. Y'all, y'all don't know about that sixth sense, do you? That sense says, before I do it, it's got to make sense to me. Lord, I ain't getting too many amen. I thought about two and a half right there. But the rest of y'all, y'all pray for the rest of us, okay? Before I do it, I got to figure it out. I got to have point A, point B, and point C. And you know one thing I've learned? If you studied Jesus, you had to be an amazing disciple to follow Jesus. I mean, literally amazing. Because Jesus will have 5,000 in one moment, and then he'll say something like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can no longer be my disciple. Woo! There they go. There they go. They were gone. They were gone. I can't get mad with them, because if I know a person, hey, I didn't know said that, I'm like, this must be in the Jim Jones mess up in here. I'm out of here. And Jesus made that statement. Following Jesus is with no joke. Are y'all following me? So these disciples, they went through some things following Jesus. Thomas went through some things following Jesus. You're going to be challenged in following Jesus, but it's well worth it. And let me say something. You got that sixth sense where you got to figure it out or make sense before you do it. You can't walk by faith. You cannot walk by faith if you got to figure it out before you follow Jesus. Because that means you can wrap your mind around God. And nobody in this sanctuary can wrap their mind around God. Can wrap your mind around what God is doing in our lives. There are some trials that may try to hinder us from trusting the word of God and putting things into action. Let me give you a few examples. We prayed, but we did not get the answer that we thought and we that thought we should get. We said that we wanted God's will, but instead we really wanted our will to be done. Thank y'all for two and a half. Hey, I heard y'all. The rest of them will pray for the rest of us, all right? Number two, tragedy hits us. And we know that God has all power and it's all knowing. But he permitted that event to cause suffering and destruction to occur in our lives or our loved ones. life. You know, tragedy hits. And God, you know God can stop it, but he chooses not to sometimes. He chooses not to sometimes. I'm just, that's the way it is. Number three, we brought God his tithes and offerings for a month, and we expected all our debt to be canceled. Then all of a sudden, two weeks later, a bill come in the mail, unexpected bill, and it wanted to be paid to. I say it wanted to be paid, be led by the Holy Spirit. Fourth one, we see other people who may not call themselves Christians. They seem to have more finances, influence, and power than we do. And we serve an all-powerful and all-knowing God with unlimited resources. Yet we may struggle with basic needs being met. We got scriptures like God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And yet it seems like the light bill money struggles sometimes. Struggle to put food on the table. Struggle to put gas in the car. We know we got to go to work. Struggle sometimes. David picked it up in Psalm 73 where he said, you know what? And I'm paraphrasing it. He said, I see all these wicked people prospering, but when I went into the sanctuary, I realized they're in. That they were going to end up separated from God eternally. Let me tell you something. Wicked people do not get away with stuff. 
Let me say that two, two more times. Wicked people do not get away with stuff. Let me say that one more time. I want you to get that in your spirit. Wicked people may get away from man, but they will never get away from God. And even if you, if, and, and let me say this to you. You know, what Paul's like, Paul repented for killing Christians, but yet he still suffered. He still suffered. Even one, one, thing, one thing happened to him. He said, you know what? I asked God to remove this thing three times. And, and, and he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Are y'all following me? God loves, God does not, number five, God does not give us the signs we think we need to have in order to follow him. In my opinion, we all, we all need God's grace and mercy when it comes to trusting God, but we seemingly cannot trace him all the time. We can be quick to judge Thomas as well as others in the faith that we see week in and week out. And before we criticize Thomas, we need to take a look, a closer look at the disciples' actions as well. If you really believe that, if they really had believed what Jesus had told them, they would not have looked for him at the tomb. And when it came to Jesus' resurrection, some of the other disciples had some moments of uncertainty, just as Thomas did. Go to Matthew 16 and 21. Matthew 16 and 21. Boy, I would tell somebody this word be right. Boy. The word is right. Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. He said, three days I'm out of them. In fact, he was, he was gone pretty much after he got in there. But long story short, he said, three days, you don't even look for my body to be up in there. I'm going to be gone. Gone. But did they hear him? No. How you know, Pastor Doc? Go to John 20, verse 9. John 20 and verse 9. For as yet they did not know the scripture. What do you mean they didn't know it? That he must rise again from the dead. Well, he just taught them in Matthew 16, 21. How did they not know it? Well, sometimes people forget what they hear. Or they don't quite understand it. Or they say, you know what? That's for another time. This don't apply for me. God does not give you words just to throw on the side. He gives it to you for a reason. You may not use it today, but one day you're going to need this word in your life. You're going to need what God is speaking into your life. He taught them. Now, you know when Jesus taught something, he thought he taught it thoroughly. He made sure that the disciples heard him. He didn't just go, listen, the Bible says you don't cast your pearl before swine. He made sure he taught the disciples the right way. But yet when it came down to it, when he had, excuse me, when Jesus showed it to him, showed it to him, exposed him, he gave evidence, he taught his, his learners, his pupils, his followers, the disciples. Thomas was one of them, just like Matthew and the rest of them. And the third day he'll be raised, aroused from sleep or death. The third day. When John 29 came around, he did not know. They did not know, perceive, understand, or discern, or discover the scripture. That he must rise again the third day. In my opinion, it's important to be shown the scripture. Although at times we may seem to forget that we hear or fully understand this meaning. 
See, we gain faith to put the word in action when we know the scriptures. Understand, understanding brings clarity and establishes the point that we are solid in what we believe. Understanding and, and truly being able to discern what Jesus speaks to us through his weekly message helped us to be air, air, able to carry out James 2 and 26. Go to James 2 and 26. When we are here and understand the word, we can put that word into action. James chapter 2 and verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works, works a corresponding action, is dead, non-responsive also. So God tells us to pray. Our response is to what? Pray. When we don't, that's faith without works. That is faith without works. Now, let's go back over to John 20 and 20. John 20 and verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad that they saw the Lord. Going back again, this is how the disciples knew that Jesus was who we said he was. That's how the disciples knew who Jesus said who we said he was. Because he showed the disciples. But at that time... Thomas was not there. Thomas was not there. Get to understand something. Jesus had many more injuries other than the hole in his side of the nail prints. Remember, Jesus had a crown of thorns. He had 40 stripes. He also been nailed by his feet as well. He had been beaten and bruised. The only injuries that are mentioned are the nail prints in his hands and the piercing in his side. Jesus wanted to give them enough solid evidence to let them know it was really him. Enough of them to believe. And I believe God does the same thing today. He doesn't give us everything, but he gives us enough to believe. He gives us enough to believe. Let's go verse 24 and 25. John 20, 24 and 25. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. He made a decision. I will not believe. Those Thomas responds, he did not believe the disciples and makes the statement unless he sees and feels he will not believe. What I find interesting later on in verse 25, 25, let's read 25 again. No, 26, 26. And after eight days, the disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them this time. You know how good church folks do. They're hanging around the church, even though they might act like they don't believe. <laughs> Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be to you. Now, this time, Notice what, uh, then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hands there and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Notice the very thing that Thomas said, I got the experience God had available for him. Wait. I'm telling you, boy, he, can't, he gave Thomas another chance to believe. He gave Thomas another chance to believe. He could have used any other of his injuries but he chose the very ones that would get Thomas to believe. Y'all know Thomas, you know uh, Jesus will be. He had a crown of thorns in his head. 
He had the cat of nine tails beat him. We talk about that. I mean, we sing songs about it. We know he had it, but can you see how Jesus wanted to give Thomas another chance to believe? Thank God he did. Thomas made his mind that he did not believe, despite what the disciples had told him. This time he knew. He knew. See, our decision to believe and put confidence in God's word comes down to a choice. It comes down to a personal choice. And at the making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities, either to believe or not to believe. We all have options. Some options will appeal to our flesh, carnal desires. Others will appeal to our spiritual man. He gave Thomas another chance to believe. Because the point that I really want, uh, I want you to look at is in verse 27. When Jesus makes this statement to Thomas, he says, do not be unbelieving. Do not be without trust. Do not be faithless, but believing. Do not be. Notice it was a choice Thomas had to make. You got the natural signs, but see, people can get natural signs and still not believe. They know good and well they can't grow nothing outside, but yet they eat every day. I I need another sign that God is real. You ain't grow one corn stalk. And you ain't corn for dinner. How do you think it got up here? I went to the store and bought it. Who do you think the store got it from? I ate a hamburger today. Well, how'd you get the meat there? God has been blessing his people. When it rains, it rains. When it does, when God puts a roof over your head, it's a blessing. When God heals your body, it's a blessing. When the doctor gave me everything I needed, I, doctor gave somebody else the same medicine and it worked that well for them. You better know that God is working in your life. Every work he started in you, he is faithful, he's able to complete it. On that day, God is still working on us. He is still working on us. I'm glad. See, Jesus is a merciful God. He's a merciful God. Ooh, he tends to give us another opportunity to believe. It's almost as Jesus was telling Thomas, even though you have your natural experience, you still must choose to believe. I'm glad that Thomas gave, that Jesus gave Thomas another chance, another opportunity to believe. I'm glad that God gives us another chance to believe. When the disciples heard Jesus teaching on the resurrection and did not comprehend it, he gave them another chance. Thank you, God, for giving the disciples another chance. Thank you. Oh, before I go to the disciples, let me look at my own personal life. Thank you, God, for giving me another chance. Yeah, you told me to pray. I didn't pray like I should. Yeah, you told me to give. I didn't give like I should. Yeah, you told me you were going to do it, and I kept worrying about it, but you gave me another chance to believe. Well, you see how God gave Thomas another chance to believe? You see how he gave the disciples another chance to believe? Oh, before I go any further, don't tell nobody, but that person in the gray and the blue and the orange and the yellow and the pink and the whatever black and whatever color you got on, he gave them another chance to. You don't live, yeah, on their job, he gave them another chance. Yeah, in their relationship, he gave them another chance. Yeah, he gave them another chance. At school, he gave them another chance. Whatever it is, God is giving us another chance to believe. Another chance to believe. When Thomas made that request to see the nail prints in his hand and to put his finger in his side, Jesus gave him another chance to believe. 
You know, you know, Jesus could have said, man, I don't show you nothing. He could have made sure his handprints were healed and his side was healed. But God gave him another chance. He gave him another chance. And I thank God he gave him another chance. You know what? I could, I could criticize all day. But you know what? I know I need another chance. I hear the word. I hear message after message. And then I had to go back. Oh, God. Listen, we can hear messages on, on Sunday. And by Monday afternoon, the devil can whoop it off if he ain't careful. And you'll be able to forget everything I talked about here on Sunday. What, uh, I, got, I got another chance to believe. Oh, it's over. I mean, you, you have thoughts like that. It's over. It's over. Everything I believe God for is over. I'm, listen, you'll say something like, I guess it, he meant for me to have it. God is going through everything he's going through in order to get it to you. It don't mean for you to have it. God got a plan for you to have it. But you know what I love about God? He knew you were going to have that thought. He knew you were actually going to believe that thought too. They said, I don't get a raise. I guess I'd never get a raise. You know, God, God, God is stunning the folks. They can give you a raise. They can miss their blessing. I give you a raise. But this is what God can do. He can drop your expenses. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Some of y'all wait for God. Did you wait for the man to do it? But God can drop your expenses and it'll be just like a raise. Why? He gave you another chance to believe. Wait, Pastor, the doctor said I ain't got but six months. You know what the doctor said? Be right. Please. Doctor or man, just like everybody else. He is limited in what he knows about your body. But God knows everything about your body. And then he'll say, you know what? I give you just like I did for my prophet. I'm giving you 15 more years in order to live. Oh, you said, well, God give you another chance to believe. All throughout scripture, you see God giving people another chance to believe this morning God is speaking to us in the sanctuary I'm giving you another chance OCC I'm giving you another chance in your in your body giving you another chance financially I'm giving you another chance in what you think how you think how you talk and how you act I'm giving you another chance to believe some of you got dreams. Some of you got plans that you believe God wants you to do. You believe you got to say, oh, I know what I want to do for God, this, that, and the other. And God ain't forgot what he said, what he's spoken to your spirit. He ain't forgot it. He'll give you another chance to believe God for the bigger and the better to take place in your life. I could go on, but I'm just going to quit right now. Lord, Lord, let's put it down. Let's put it down and let's stand to our feet and give Jesus a big hand up for it. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.